Hey, Flaunt Squad, welcome to Flaunt Performance Podcast, the podcast for the voluptuous runner. At Flaunt Performance Podcast, we do not talk about weight loss and all of well, Some people mention weight loss sometimes, but our focus is on loving running and loving the bodies that we already have. And most of our runners out there are voluptuous runners and we are sick of the weight loss talk. So we just want to talk about loving running and all of that good stuff. So welcome to Flaunt Performance. So I really think you're going to enjoy this show. I have Kiki Janae on this show today. She is from Keyed to Fit. And I actually got to meet Kiki Janae in one of the classes that she was actually a hype person for. She's going to talk about being a hype person. But in this show, we're going to be talking about BMI and are BMI rates, are BMI measurements racially biased? Hmm. We're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about so many other good things. There's a race coming up soon that Kiki Janae is going to talk about and tell you about. So just sit back and listen to the show with Kiki Janae from Keyed to Fit. Welcome to the show, Kiki. Thank you, thank you. Flaunt Squad. I saw Kiki in a store, I think, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I had, I didn't realize who she was. You know, she was all cute and made up and all that stuff. But I had taken her class or her friend's class um, a long time ago in Gary, and it was so much fun. So we got to talking, and she said some wonderful, interesting things about BMI, and I said, I need to have her on the show. So, Kiki, let's get right into it. Why do you think that BMI measurements are racially biased? BMI uh, measurements are not only racially biased, um, they just were created. If you look up the history of the BMI, um, (laughs) they're physiologically wrong. I mean, it makes no allowance for relative proportions of bone, muscle, and body fat in the body. But bone is denser than muscle, and it's twice as dense as fat. So a person with strong bones, good muscle tone, low fat, they will have a higher BMI. So people like athletes and health-conscious people and fit people who work out for a lot of attention find find themselves being classified as overweight and even obese. So that's the group of women that we look at when they say, oh, I'm working out and I'm doing things, but the scale isn't moving. Well, your body is reconfiguring and your scale isn't moving, but you are healthier. Your blood pressure is running lower. Your heart is pumping more efficiently and your cholesterol is lower. Your diabetic risk are lower. All of those things are lower. But we look at that BMI explicitly and say that, oh, this thing says that I'm obese. It doesn't have any room for variance. It was created in the 19th century. Like, let's just go there. It was created in the 19th century. And not to take away from the scientist that created it. It was a scientist, not a physician. Um, It was a scientist that um, he had... He studied mathematics, um, statistics. He was just this brain of a guy. But the purpose of him creating this um, BMI, the purpose why it was created in the 19th century was a quick and easy way to measure the degree of obesity in a specific community. So we were talking about a time where um, they were dealing with food scarcity and things like that. So they were saying that 
people that were smaller needed more food than the people that were larger. So that's why this scale was literally created. So when we're talking about purpose from centuries ago, <laughs> we have to look at why it was implemented and what updates have there been to this. Um, myself, I was at one point a size 875 pound woman. Blood pressure was amazing. Heart rate, resting heart rate was in the very low 60s, was very, very low 60s or the high 50s, which basically shows that my heart is pumping efficiently. My body is running smoothly and it's showing that I'm performing in an athletic form, right? I go to the physician for a checkup and it still says that I'm five foot five and I weigh 175 pounds. It still targets me as obese, despite the physiological condition of my body. So African-American women, um, we're built different from Caucasian women. We're more round. We have more body fat. Naturally, we have more curves. We have different things that are just available to us genetically that are going to have our bodies weighing in a little bit differently than somebody else that we could stand right next to. I can stand next to another woman that's five foot five and 175 pounds. And she may not be structured the exact same way as I am, but we're still both considered obese. So the BMI, um, has a lot of, a lot of bad statistics in it. Unfortunately, um, it is a science. I understand the the point of the science, but if you break it down and you look at the mathematical formulas inside of the science, um, like you square a person's height, it's like, well, why are we even doing things like squaring a person's height? Like in, in what situation would we need to square a person's height in order to figure out whether they're healthy or not? We're not, we don't need to double a person <laughs> to figure out, you know, it, you, you just, if you, if you look at, if you look at it, it ignores waist size. It, it ignores a lot of things. Kiki, now I did not say that's one of the biggest issues. I didn't tell the flaunt squad that you are a registered nurse. So Kiki knows what she's talking about, folks. But let's go back to you said squaring a person's height. Explain what that means. Okay, so um, I'm going to actually I want to actually read to you how to calculate a BMI. Okay, um, and it's and I'm looking at um, where am I? Okay, so you're going to multiply the weight in pounds, and then you multiply your height in inches, and then you square that answer. Why? Why are we doing that? Hmm. <laughs> why are we doing that? So we're 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 multiplying pounds, then we're multiplying our height in inches, then we're going to square that, and then we're going to divide that answer um, from the answer that you got in step in step three. It's like whatever the science is behind it, whatever these scientists came up with, it doesn't work for every person. It's not a cookie cutter system. Um, maybe it worked when they were talking about allocating resources towards specific groups of people that may have had, been so to speak starving or people that may have needed more food in reference to and that's not even a good good way to judge because just because a person is heavier doesn't mean that they don't have the same metabolic needs as a person that's smaller so in my mind that's not even a fair thing to to judge based on but when you're coming up with that bmi formula that's what you're doing you're squaring your height um times your weight in order to come up with it so it <sighs> 
it's not something that you can just say, this is for you, this is for you, and this is for you. It doesn't work across the board. KK, what year was the BMI measurement founded? Do you know? Um, I be- I know it was in the early 19th century. So we're looking in the 1800s. Um, the, actually, the person that created the BMI, he was born in 1815, if I can remember. Wow. Um, I remember learning something about this. Let me see. Yeah. So we're talking about... And I imagine they've probably done some updates to the system. Um, yeah, um, his, he's at, he was Belgian, and his name was Lambert um, Adolphus Jacques Quintet. So he actually was born in 1815. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right. So allocating resources, you got me thinking about a lot of stuff. Like, who are they trying to allocate resources toward? And who were they trying to deny resources? But I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> you just got me thinking about that. Right. <laughs> now, you mentioned that African-American women have more curves than other groups. Do you feel like we're being left out of the conversation about fitness and health in general? I think that um, just with our <laughs> generation of women, um, and the assertiveness that we've naturally developed as a group, um, our age group, I think that we're forcing ourselves to the forefront. But yes, we were left out. Of course, we were left out. We were left behind. We were always ignored. We were never called upon for um, fitness shoots, fitness um, representation, health and wellness representation. It was never anybody that was curvy. You, you rarely saw anyone of African-American descent, yet alone. African-American curvy woman. You would always see the same kind of small, petite, you know, um, showing of bone structure looking Caucasian woman. And it's like, well, that's not my body type and that's not my idea body type or my goal. Show me somebody that I can have a goal body, somebody that I can look at and say, hey, I like to do what she's doing or hey, I like to look how she's looking. So I think that enough of us have come together and said, Hey, this is a problem. Let's fix it. So yeah, now you're starting to see all the plus size um, fitness models. You're starting to see all the plus size um, fitness gear in the stores. You're starting to see ads and you're starting to see, um, I forget her name, but she's, um, the, she's the, um, curvy yogi. I'm trying to tell you, sister had me over here inspired. I'm like, come on, sis, come (laughs) on. She had me so inspired. I mean, goosebumps watching her story goosebumps everybody that counted her out everybody that told her no everybody that laughed you know and that that's kind of like the story behind us you know in health and wellness when I stand up and I teach my class there are times where girls with athletic bills will come in my class and they're like oh you're the instructor and then at the end of the class they're like oh you're the instructor you know, it's like it's a complete shift in mentality, you know, and that's the same thing with like hip hop cardio. Hip hop cardio is an amazing way. This is the class that you said that um, you had came to before. When we come out, we let everybody know it's a judgment free zone, but girls judge us the minute they come in. They're like, oh, that's the instructor, you know, looking at Tiffany and she's, you know, she's curvy and she's vibrant and she's, you know. Um, engaging and then you got me exciting and energetic and you know drawing so it's like they looking like these two round chicks what they about to do and then it's like 
oh my God, I had a blast. I had a time of my life. I had a really good experience. Let me have to go back and correct myself. And people have actually came to us and been like, you guys are a whole surprise. (laughs) So we have to make sure that we're not creating those biases in our minds ourselves. And, you know, as we're moving about and we're joining other classes and we're going to see, um, other fitness instructors, we don't count them out based on how they look because my outward appearance does not necessarily match my contents. You mentioned that we're forcing ourselves to the forefront. Do you think social media has a lot to do with that? Because I've had Jessamine on the show before and she was talking about her Instagram and how that really blew her up. In what ways do you think social media is helping us push you know, curvy women, curvy black women to the forefront. So it, it, I mean, it's literally the key there. There's hands down. There's no way that anybody's going to anybody. I don't, I'm not going to say no way. I'm going to say the likelihood that anybody would take what would, and and tell me her name again. The, um, the curvy Yogi, tell me her name. Jessamine Stanley. Okay. So, she does yoga. She does yoga very well. Okay, cool. Extremely flexible, extremely confident. Okay. People see that and say, oh, great. Now lose some weight. Then we can market you. She's like, no, I don't want to lose weight. I just want to do yoga and I want to be dope at it. And I'm dope already. And I just want the world to know about it. The standard American concepts says you have to look like this, 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 and this in order for people to like you. She's like, Darn that. I'm not going by that. I'm going to put myself out here. Self-promotion. So I'm going to promote myself. I'm going to build myself. I'm going to build my brand. I'm going to represent my brand. And I'm going to show my target audience, this is what you don't have to look like. You don't have to look like this to go join a yoga class. You don't have to look like this to have a, a, a sports bra on and a fitness class. This is what, you know, you, you don't have to look like all the ads that you see in the papers and in the magazines and even on TV, you know? So her literally forcing herself to get extremely comfortable with making other people uncomfortable for them to become comfortable. It was like magic. She's like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what your thoughts are about me. I'm dope. I'm awesome. Here I am. Check me out. And I'm not going anywhere. Like, social media is the only place that you can do that. She show up to somebody's corporate office like that every day. You go knock on the, the doors of uh, ABC Studio. I'm pretty sure they're going to get a restraining order on you and not let you come in. So there we are. So she creates her own target audience. People become engaged. People become captivated. Negative and positive. Negative and positive. So we got to remember that. She's getting a lot of negative feedback, too, from, from a lot of ignorant people. But she's still creating a buzz. She's creating a buzz. She's creating a buzz. They're talking about her. And that's the whole thing that people don't understand. When people are talking about you, whether it's good or bad, you're being talked about and you're, you're keeping it alive. You're keeping it going. You're making it revolve. So that energy is priceless. I love what she did with that. Um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I mean, I don't think there's anything any easier when it comes to marketing yourself and marketing your brand and marketing what you want people to know about you and what you want people to be able to connect to and say, hey, 
she looks like me. Hey, she thinks like me. Hey, I wish I could look like that. Hey, I wish I could think like that. Let me follow, quote unquote, follow her. We need to continue to, you know, embark on those opportunities to promote ourselves, you know, make ourselves visible because nobody else is willing to and nobody else is wanting to. We need to let people know, hey, I don't look like this person, but I can do the same thing as this person. And don't count me out because I don't look the same or because I'm not shaped the same or, you know, I don't appear to be what you think I should be. Why did you all decide to create a class that was completely judgment free so um that's um that's tiffany's baby um we're talking about hip-hop cardio again um hip-hop cardio literally everything about it is strategic it's all about the why with hip-hop cardio um tiffany makes it a point to always make sure she's servicing her customers okay so we're talking about we're having class at 7 p.m at night in the middle of the week why do we do that we do that because women work women have to get off of work and they have to get their kids settled and they have to run around and do errands but guess what we still need that stress reliever we still need to be able to come somewhere and exert some energy or just get around a group of women where we can just get free and get loose and laugh and have fun because this world that we live in is not going to afford us those opportunities on its own. We have to take those opportunities and we have to make those opportunities and literally create those opportunities in order for stress relief, in order for fitness, in order for wellness, and in order for exercise. We have to create that. So when we're talking about a judgment-free zone, I cannot dance. I am, they call me Queen Hyphy because I'm like the hype man in class. Yes, I can do the dances. Yes, I can do the steps, but I am not a dancer. I have two left feet. I dance off key. I always tell people when they come into class, I'm like, listen to my voice, but don't watch my body, you know, because you got your instructor right here. So what I do is I make it a point. Um, I try to count for the girls that come into the class that are like me. I'm like, we're going to do two over here, then three over here, two over here. So it becomes more of a, an assignment versus just dancing so when i break it down and we're adding numbers to these dance moves it makes it more feasible because when you're dancing by number versus dancing naturally yeah it's gonna look a little different but guess what we don't care we just care that you keep moving and you over there smiling and having a good time that's all we care about so that's why we, we when we say judgment free we mean that we mean that you can shake your bum bum we have people that come in uh, we have different nationalities of people that come in and you know we don't judge them either i mean Sometimes we like, okay, sis, what you doing over there? Come on, bring it back. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when I first started, when I first started the courses, um, when I started hip hop cardio, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I can't dance. I'm in here. They dancing all fast. They having a good time. I'm the only person that can't catch on. And then look at me now. It's like, oh, I'm good. I got this. I can do this. You know, and it just. It's about building your confidence, but you have to get free in order to build your confidence. So when we say that it's non-judgment, we want you to come in. We want you to be free. We want you to be relaxed. We want you to be loose. And that's the same thing with my class on Saturday morning. It's like I have to remind people my class is difficult. My body, my class is body strength, um, core training, and strength training. So we come in. We listen to the same upbeat music we listen to you know music that pushes us and drives us but no it's a different kind of course and it's not one that you can kind of literally dance around and kind of cheat no it's one where we're doing sit-ups we're doing push-ups we're doing you know all kinds of 
burpees and planks and plank variations. And, you know, we're doing weights until our arms are literally burning. And it's like, hey, don't worry about Amanda in the corner that's done 102 sit-ups because when you walked in the door, you could only do two on your own. So as long as you leave being able to do three or more, that's all I care about. I care about your progression in this class. I care about you killing one of your goals, you setting a goal for yourself, something small, and you being able to walk away with your chest in the air saying, hey, I did this today. So when girls come to me on the weekends and Saturday mornings, it's like, hey, you don't just get a workout. You get workout. <laughs> you're going to get inspired. You're going to get motivated. You're going to get pushed and you're going to be uncomfortable because that's where the change occurs. It occurs in your uncomfortable state. You know, change isn't going to occur when you're still doing the same monotonous thing over and over again. That's why Tiffany also makes it a point to add new routines into class. We come to class and she's like, oh, I created a routine. And at first, we're all like, oh, my God, she created it on the way. You know, she drives in from Chicago. We're like, oh, God, this this is going to be interesting. Then she whips it out. We're like, ah, you know, it's like, it's like, OK, that's dope. Girl, bring it. You know, so it's just it's just all it's all it's all about the sisterhood. It's about the family aspect. It's about the support aspect. It's about connecting and building with women that have what you need and need what you have. Kiki, you mentioned your class and this core and arm strength. We're runners. Why are core and arm strength um, exercises important for runners? Oh my God, your core is your foundation. I mean, if you don't have good if you don't have good core core support, your run is going to be very, very, very insufficient. You need to have running. Running isn't just a leg thing. It's not all about just the legs. It's not all about the legs. You need to have the entire body conditioned as you're running. You get what I'm saying? So it's not like you can just get out there and say, go to the gym and say, hey, I'm just going to train legs or I'm just going to train legs um, on X amount of days a week because I'm a runner and that's all I want to do. No, we want to make sure that as we're leaning those muscles down, as we're leaning the fat down in those legs, we're building those muscles up too. So we're leaning the fat and then we're building those muscles so that we can become stronger. And that's an overall body concept. We don't we don't target train, as we call it. We don't specifically target train. We don't say I'm going to improve this part of the body only, you know, like those programs that you'll see, like um, I don't want to call any names like uh, the, the build a butt in 30 days. Like we don't buy into those kind of things. Those are fads. Those are you know things that don't really work. But they target people that want those kind of things. But it's like, no, we have to change the entire composition of the body. So as we train um, our core, our, um, our, respir- our respirations are more efficient. Um, our arms, you need your arms as running because we don't just run with our legs. We run with our arms. We want to make sure that those arms are moving back and forth as we're propelling our body forward. You know, you don't want any, like, you know, any unproportioned body you don't want these large arms that aren't proportioned to the legs that you're working out you know you want that body overall leaning and toning together if that's your goal you get what i'm saying if that's your goal if you're just saying hey i just want to run and i just want to be the size that i am you still want to make sure that you're keeping those muscles toned in the arms you're keeping that core strong you're going to have an overall better performance with those two concepts in place what does fitness mean to you? Life. Life. Fitness is health. Fitness is wellness. Fitness is 
what I have to do to make sure I'm here for my children's children's children. I want to be a great, great grandmother. It's not, it's not optional for me. It's not a want to, it's not a, can I, it's, I have to, it's what can I do to make this happen? I look at fitness just like I look at everything else, how I know it's autopilot that I know that I've got to put gas in my car. Like, you know, that when that light comes on in your car, you got to put gas or before the light comes on, it's just, it's instinctive, right? It's first nature. Can't drive a car without gas. My body, I cannot live without health and wellness. I cannot live without fitness. So it's about programming your mind. That's what fitness is to me. Before the show, you mentioned the four pillars of wellness. What are they? Okay, so um, the four pillars of wellness, when we talk about um, getting things together, when we're starting a health regimen, a nutrition plan, what we always see is, oh, I'm going to go on this low-carb diet. Oh, I'm going to go on this. Oh, I'm going to go on a fat-free. Oh, I'm going to go on an Atkins. Oh, I'm gonna... it's, oh, everything is just so extreme, right? It's not the extremes that elicit sustainable change. I'm going to say that again. It's not the extremes that elicit sustainable change. I'm not saying they don't elicit change. I'm saying they don't elicit sustainable change. So when we're looking at sustainable change, things that are going to be effective for a lifelong process, for me to be able to say, I can implement this into a daily routine. I can do this forever. Or I can come back to this. I'm not talking about a food program that's going to cost you $30 a day. No. How realistic is that? Are you going to spend $30 a day on food for the rest of your life? No, that's not realistic. Are you not ever going to eat a, uh, any piece of chocolate cake ever again in your life? Hey, go right ahead. If you want to live that life, I don't want to live a life that extreme. I don't want to live like that. I want to live a life that has balance. So when we talk about balance, we have to make sure that we have exercise. We have hydration. We have nutrition. And then we have what's called self-care, rest, wellness, um, checkups, relaxation, massage, meditation, spiritual health, everything that kind of circles back around to your mentation, making sure you're taking care of your mental and spiritual health. So you want to make sure that you don't keep that out of it because the spirit is unhealthy. Everything's going to be unbalanced anyways. So you don't want to remove the spirit from um, health and wellness because it's not just a physiological thing. You also mentioned about athletes. You said that we need to start eating like, like athletes and not focus on deficits, which you just talked about a little bit more. Can we go into that? Okay. So um, there's a tool um, that I always recommend. Um, so my last fitness challenge that I hosted um, earlier this year, um, I recommended that all of the girls in the group in the challenge familiarize themselves with macronutrients. Um, so I tried to kind of give them a, a resource without providing a tool, but I've come to find out that tools and resources kind of go together. So I gave them the information about macronutrients and how to calculate your macronutrients, but that was too difficult for the average working woman. And that was just something that I found out by trial and error. So there's this program called my fitness pal. I mean, plethora of resources, support, information, calculators, tools, nutritional advice, everything. 
Now, I don't agree with 100% of everything inside of it, but what it is is you can actually put in the amount of activity that you do per week, okay? So if you're running three or four days per week, it's going to give you a range. It's going to tell you whether you're sedentary, you're lightly active, moderately active, or you're an athlete. So it's going to classify you. Then you put in your um, your um, height, weight, um, your height, your weight, your age, and it calculates um, for you what your nutritional need is for the day. Okay, so you're going to have that calculator. So you're plugging your food in as you go along per day, right? So what you'll do is like you, you'll start with like something like 1900 calories to eat for the day, right? And then you'll say that you went to the gym and you burned four or 500 calories. Then they're going to give you more calories to eat. And you're like, what the heck? No, I don't want to eat more food. I'm trying to lose weight because that's a natural response because the calculator is going to add back calories for you to eat based on the energy that you just burned, but you have to fuel that burn. You have to put lean protein, vegetables, nutrients, minerals, elements. You have to put that back in your body in order for your body to recover, in order for it to repair. So when we're talking about eating like an athlete, if you are an athlete, the only way that you're ever going to be classified as an athlete is if you perform like an athlete in all of the pillars. It has to be hydration. You have to be hydrated. You have to exercise like an athlete. You have to drink like an athlete. And you have to eat like an athlete. We always think about less is more. Less is more. Less is not more. Less does not create more. So if I eat less food, then I'll lose some weight because that's going to cut some calories. No, not when you're in the athletic phase. You have to be very, very, very careful with that. You have an increase in metabolism. Your metabolic demand is going to be higher. That means it's going to require a little bit more. Think about it like this. A small car, um, a small car is going to go um, and it's going to burn, you know, X amount, of, X amount of gas, you know, as it's chucking along. And then you see these bigger trucks, they require more gas to move along, right? So then we've got a bigger truck and then we put a better engine in it. It's definitely going to require even more gas to propel that to propel that machine. You get what I'm saying? So think about it just as simply as that. If you put a V8 engine in a in a in a Ford pickup truck or whatever, if you put a bit the bigger the engine, the more fuel it's going to take for it to run efficiently. You know what, Kiki? Think about your body like that. But how do you how do you get people to shift their mind states from? less is more to abundance because that is, that seems like that will take an entire mental shift, not just physical shift. Oh yeah. Evidence-based practice. Evidence-based practice. Um, I, I give them trials, um, educate them, show them the data, tell them to write it down. Um, I offer incentive for things that do and don't work. That's, that's how I am because I know what did and didn't work for me. But, you know, you can't argue with a person. You know, I, 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 I base my fitness program after I've done five years of up and down, up and down, trial, error, win, lose, success and failure. So if I get to handpick out which things work for me and I hand them to you and you're still not a believer. Hey, you know what? If you do exactly what I'm telling you to do, and you prove to me that you've done that. I'll give you your money back if it doesn't work for you because it's science. It's science. <laughs> so, um, 
I kind of have, you know, that kind of arrogant, cocky, aggressive approach, and it works. If it doesn't work for you, that's how I tell them. If it doesn't work for you, I give you your money back, but you got to prove it. Now, when I'm talking about giving people two and $300 back for, you know, a month's worth of training, you, I mean, we're talking about a level of accountability that most people won't even, you know, w want to have. And that means checking in with me. You're logging all your food into my fitness pal every day and you're doing what my fitness pal told you to do. And then you're checking in with me every day. Like, Hey, I drank all my water. Hey, I ate all my food or Hey, blah, blah, or Hey, I'm not sure about this. Can I have this? So, so we're talking a very intimate relationship in order to create that shift. Um, the girls that have that understand it, that are around me, they've seen me go through it. Okay. they, Watch me. So they, they believe me because they see me and I'm transparent. I'm transparent with my class. Hey, you know what? This is, this is an off season for me right now. You know, my, my nutrition nowhere near as clean as it should be. You know, this is, this is what I need to do. And this is my plan. And I'm just, you know, you, you have to allow time to be human. And that's what I always tell my girls. I say, Hey, don't, don't not come because you feel like, Oh, you ate pizza twice yesterday or blah, blah, blah. That's more reason to come because eventually you're going to get really sick and tired of that body having that delayed healing process after working out. You're know, like, man, I'm working out and I'm still sore four days later. Well, yeah, because your nutrition's poor. Of course. Of course. I don't think a lot of people understand that though, Kiki. What is, because I think our listeners from what you just said, I just ate two pieces of pizza. Well, you need to work out. I think the mentality of many of the listeners may be, okay, if she's saying that I need to work out because I need to go in and lose weight, but you said that you need to um, change the what you eat because of how your body is going to perform. Am I right? Correct. Correct. But But a lot of people will use that oh, I didn't eat properly, so I'm not going to go. So we're talking about the people that fall off and, and don't come back. So my thing is, I'd rather see you fall off in one pillar and still attached than say, I'm not eating right and I'm not going to exercise properly. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's easier to come back from, okay, so if you're not eating right, but then you still exercise and at least you're drinking your water and your sleep is pretty good. You know, you can work on some better things spiritually. But then it's like we're dealing with nutrition and a partial, a partial spiritual, you know, what I'm saying deficit, a spiritual care deficit. We rather deal with that than the full. You're not exercising. You're not eating right. You're not drinking right. It's like don't just fall all the way off the wagon. Don't go all the way off the deep end. Okay. I definitely understand what you're saying because it's not necessarily just about weight loss. This is about complete self-care. And if you're an athlete, like many of our listeners are, you have to take care of yourself because you're not going to be able to perform. Yes. You're not going to be able to perform. Kiki, since you're talking about, you know, your training, how can people get in contact with you? And we have listeners all over the world. You can, How can people find you online too? Um, on of course I'm on social media. I'm on I'm Facebook under Kiki Janae. It's K I K I J A N A E. 
my fitness brand and my page is key to fit k it's a it's a group it's not a page it's a group it's key to fit k e y e d t o f i t and that's all on facebook and you can also link with me um on Saturday mornings in person, if you're in the greater Chicagoland area, we're right in Gary, Indiana at the Hudson Campbell Fitness and Wellness Center. Um, it's at 455 uh, Massachusetts Street, Gary, Indiana, 46402. And um, we're right off of the highway. So if you guys are coming from Chicago, don't be complaining. Class is seven bucks. Um, the girls that come see me from Chicago, every time they pay me, they're like, girl, do you not know you can come over here and charge $20 for this class? And I've never been to a class this cheap for this great for this cheap and blah, blah, blah. So it's always like, hey, thanks for the compliment. But I do it for the love. I'm a registered nurse by trade. This is something I do on the side. I do it for the love, not for the profit. I'm not trying to get rich off my people. I'm trying to get my people rich, rich with health and wealth. You know, that's, that's kind of corny, but it's my thing and it's, it's my heart. Um. You can also follow um, me and my best friend. It's her page, but you can follow us on Dance um, Cardio Hip Hop page. It's a super colorful page. It, um, any events that I'm having, they'll be listed on that page. Any events that she's having um, this upcoming Saturday, not tomorrow, this upcoming Saturday, we're doing a Sister Strut um, 3K, real short 3K that's going to be in Chicago. It's um, a breast cancer walk. Not only for survivors, it's for people that just want to support the um, support the event. So men, women, children, 3K is nothing. You guys are already out there. You guys are already getting it in. So we're not even going to act like this is anything major for you guys. Um, you can join the team. The team is called Hip Hop Hotties if you wanted to join the team. If you go on the Dance Cardio Hip Hop page, there's actually a coupon code that you can use when you're registering for the run if you join our team. Um, and hip hop cardio is Tuesday and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. And that class is only five bucks too. So it's just like, you know, we're, 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 we're not trying to, we're not out here trying to get rich. We're trying to enrich, you know, that that's our goal. So the run is going to be, um, at 8 a.m. And then hip hop cardio is actually doing a demonstration at 9.50. Yeah, okay. At 9.50. So we're going to be doing a little demo. So if you guys are interested in hip-hop cardio or key to fit core and more, you can come out and see what we're about and what we're doing and see how things go. So we're really excited. Excited about the new opportunities. Excited about reaching out and working with our people. Excited about, you know, education. And then just being better versions of ourselves. Kiki, is you said that's October 7th. Where in Chicago is that? And that's um, October that the, 7, 2017, people, because people go back and listen to the show. So that's okay. October 7, <laughs> 2017. And okay. where is the, it? Okay, it's the Sister Strut. It's sponsored by WGCI. It's October 7, 2017 at 8 a.m. at the Salvation Army Croc Center in Chicago. Okay, awesome. I know exactly where that is. South side of Chicago. Get over there. Get your um, 3K on. Come on now. 3K, you can do that. 3K Croc Center and go to the page that Kiki just said and register and let's get awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you, Kiki, for being on the show. I really appreciate you talking to our Flaunt Performance listeners. Okay, Flaunties. <laughs> I like that. 